And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Doc Manson. At Doc Manson. That's me! When you... How often would you say, if you, like, walk into something, do you say the word ouch without actually being in pain? I think I rarely walk into things, DC Matthews, at the DC Matthews. That's... Unless I am doing it hard enough to hurt myself. Okay. So I'm going to say frequently... When I when I walk into things, I am going to say ow and mean it. Yeah. No, I probably because I am ridiculously clumsy and my proprioception is terrible. Like I sat down here in this chair mm. and I like slid my foot out a bit and I brushed the base of the desk and I said out loud, ouch, and then went, that hurt. Not at all. I don't know why I said it. <laughs> But <laughs> all right, okay. So, well, I'm sorry to hear um about that. I know. Don't you feel bad for me? I, I mean, I guess so. Um, let me see. It's episode 298. We are so close to episode 300 uh, that we can taste it. But I, before we, you know, before we do anything else, uh, I believe I have not talked to you. Since the gobbledy gobble, how was your Thanksgiving? Oh, the gobbledy gobble was pretty good, I think. Um, no real complaints that I can think of. Um, yeah, I don't was, know. Was I there had... good bourbon? I know that usually huh. you and the father-in-law. I don't know if you would say you have bonded over your appreciation of good bourbon, but that tends to be something you mention when you go over to the in-laws. Uh, no bourbon this year. Um, there was, however, a bottle of scotch, um, Glenn Levitt's, and I believe uh, this one was aged in rum casks. Uh, so it was a scotch that had been aged in a barrel that formerly held rum, imparting a unique flavor to the scotch. And I rather enjoyed it. So, yes, uh, not bourbon, but a type of whiskey and, uh, you know, something unique and enjoyable. So, yes, that was definitely a positive experience of my gobbly gobbles. How about yourself? Anything to mention? Or do you um, have questions? You look like you have questions from that I, face. I did, I did have a question. Uh, if you could go into business for yourself making an alcohol. Mm. Which one would you make? Probably a bourbon of some sort. I could see that. I could see you doing things that required, like, aging in barrels. Yeah. At one point in time, I might have said beer, but I don't get to drink a lot of beer anymore. I mean, maybe if I had the patience for it, I I would work on trying to make some truly fantastic gluten-free beers. But I feel like the fact that there aren't any truly fantastic gluten-free beers means it's probably not possible. So, I I don't know. That kind of puts me off of trying, but I I got no real. I would say I bet you could do it. You have the science mind. You could figure it out. 
I think the question is, is it worth the effort for something like that? Do you miss beer that much that you would like to find one that is gluten-free? Um, yes and no. I've had some gluten-free beers, and they're fine. But what I really want is a New England-style IPA, a nice, juicy um, beer. And that's not one that I have ever found in gluten-free format. If anybody knows of one that exists as gluten I, I just I tend to believe it's probably not possible, which is why it doesn't exist. Um, but I would that's what I miss. That's what I think I would want more than anything else. Um, and maybe I could figure that out. Who who knows? You under you understand what's gonna happen now, right? What's that? Uh, sometime Friday evening, Saturday morning, your phone's gonna go off. And it's going to be a text from GQ, and he's going to say, "We could do this." Let's. Do no, this. I've I've told him this before, and he also doesn't think it's possible uh, to have a New England style gluten free beer. Do I don't know if that's true necessarily, but that's what we think. That I was do, the conclusion we reached. I do know someone that has that, that Shut has. Shut up. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this? Yeah, I know where you're going with this. He's rather tall. You don't want to call. You don't want to call tall guy. Get him in on your scheme. Um, nope. Okay. Nope, I don't. Okay. Nope, I don't, nope, 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 nope. I, I would like to, uh, I think I would be good at making moonshine. I think I'd like. <laughs> Have you ever had moonshine? Like yeah. legit, uh, yeah. legit bathtub moonshine? Well, I don't know about bathtub moonshine, but I've had, <laughs> I've had moonshine on a couple, you know, there is a moonshine bar that I can walk to from my house. Yeah. I mean, moonshine has taken on. I don't know if this is true or not, but they sell it now like in bottles and it's just it's just clear whiskey. It's just whiskey that has not been aged in a barrel because that's, that's probably where the amber true. color it's probably comes a misnomer from. now. I, so I'm not I think that's usually when they talk about moonshine. That's what they're talking about. Like there, what's that company? Uh, I think it might have even been a local company. Uh, Onyx or something like that. Mm. You used to see them around. They And that was the first place I had ever seen bottled moonshine. And that's what it is. It's it's basically like a clear, unaged whiskey. Um, but I, I, when I was down south, though, I there was this uh, this good old uh, boy. He was Cajun, you know, from Louisiana, and he was one of the groundskeepers at this uh, at the uh, space base down there, NASA, Stennis Space Center. He was one of the groundskeepers, and he brought in homemade moonshine i didn't ever see the bathtub so i don't know for sure if that's where we can we can safely assume one can assume um i didn't go blind so that's good and i'm still here to talk about it today can you taste things (laughs) it was a while there was a while there (laughs) i you know the if i had to pick my memory of like the worst alcohol i've ever had I recall probably, I have to assume it was in a dorm room with you, but it may not have, um, doing a shot of very (laughs) bad, like cheap tequila and feeling like, like if I poured it on the desk, there would be a hole in the desk. Like, but I, then again, I don't know. I've had Southern comfort. I've had, I don't know. This going along the same lines, this is the reason, folks, who are listening to the show, this is the reason, one of one, one of myriad reasons why 
um, we hate tall guy. But in college, <laughs> some of our first drinking experiences, at least for me, I don't know about you, involved this this box full of liquor yeah. that tall guy had brought from home. And these were liquor bottles that had come from his basement. They had belonged to his father or maybe even his father's father, his grandfather or something like that. These were like 50 year old bottles of liquor. And there was one thing at the time that I did not understand that I understand now. Mm. And that is the alcohol does not age in the bottle. It ages in barrels and casks. Once yeah. it's in the bottle, all it's doing is going bad. Yeah. And a lot of our early drinking experiences came from those bottles. Are those, is that the tequila you're talking about? Probably. Because again, I, you know, I can recall. Or at least again, I won't say for you, if those were your earliest drinking experiences, I did not drink seriously until having gone to college so that for me was yes my no first i had my the extent of my alcohol consumption was amaretto i had pilfered from my parents little mm. alcohol closet which they didn't even know it was there so they had like gotten it as a gift they had put it in this little like half closet in our dining room and i remember at one point trying it and it's amaretto which is still to this day probably my favorite alcohol and so i would like you know pour myself a pepsi add a little bit of amaretto is amaretto I, technically a liqueur i believe yes it would technically liqueur. be a liqueur an almond liqueur um but before, besides that it was you know mike's hard lemonade or smirnoff ices um so it wasn't until i got to college that i had actual hard alcohol and it wasn't until I believe you and I, through a friend of mine, <laughs> ordered actual alcohol from a liquor store. We had friends. I had a friend that went out and bought us mm -hmm, some. Mm -hmm. So until then, I was drinking whatever anyone had, which would yes. have been, yeah, whatever tall guy happened to have, you know, in his dusty basement next to the pool. So I believe said friend procured me a bottle of Jack Daniels. Yes. Um, and that was one of my first whiskeys that I ever enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah. Friend from summer camp. She and her uh, fiance at the time. I remember, you know, being like, if you need something, just let us know. And so I remember like placing an order for like $80 worth of stuff. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> and they came I over. They came over with like a, but we were still living in the same dorm that I had spent three years. So they just brought like a bag or a box or something. And all of a sudden we had, you know, a decent sized uh, liquor stash. Are you sure that wasn't earlier in our college careers? I feel like it was earlier. I think it was. It would have been in the dorm, not the apartment. Definitely in the dorms. Yeah, in the dorm. But would it have Did happened? Did you think third year? That was when we first lived together. So that was unless, when we first lived together, but we didn't did see we do each other in that dorm. Did we do it before? I don't know. We might have, yeah. I suppose. I feel like we definitely had some nights in Tall Guy's room early on. Uh, yeah. As early as the first year. So. Oh, yeah. But I would assume we got it. You know, it, it's I assume we got somebody to get us an order before the third year. That just seems lame. Yeah, we I, would have it, been turning 21 ourselves that year. 
true. Okay, that's a valid point. Maybe it was then our second year. But yeah, either, either way. way. Yeah. Um, the thing I was going to ask is why in my brain do I have an image of you sitting perhaps crisscross applesauce style in a big beanbag chair yep. holding a bottle of Amaretto, that big square bottle yep. with a straw? Yep. That happened? Yeah. Okay. All right. Maybe you had that orange hat on, that fuzzy orange hat. I'm not sure. I could be embellishing at that point. No. But. I, that uh, All of those statements. Okay, let's go through. Uh, did I have a giant uh, black beanbag chair? Yes. Check. Do I have one right over there that's now gray? Also, yes. Uh, <laughs> Di Sorono uh, is the square bottle of alcohol. Could I go get you a bottle of it from the, you know, the pantry? Yes. Um, <laughs> would I have put a straw in it and just drank in it straight out of the bottle? Yes. Yeah. Did I own? Did I own an orange fuzzy? Dare I call it a pimp hat? Yes. <laughs> so, so you put all those elements together. That is a visual that I am sure happened at some point. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to sit here. I'm going to wear my hat. <laughs> I'm going to have a good time. This is one of those nights. We were not the type to go to the frat houses or to go to the off-campus apartments no. and indulge. We... You know, we stayed fairly local. We stayed in our dorm rooms or in friends' dorm rooms. And we, you know, the number of times I think I got buzzed or drunk and just played video games was quite often. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that was definitely a favorite activity. Um, so. After the first year where tall guy, puppet guy, and I want to yeah. say you, but maybe not. You guys were all drinking and you decided that you were going to practice uh, beer pong with cups full of milk. Um, and I uh, just said, I am out. I am going back to my dorm. You guys let me know how that goes. And the, uh, the shameful part of that is I don't think we were drinking. I think we just thought milk pong was a good idea. And. Um, luckily for me, I knew I was lactose intolerant enough that I played with Powerade. Ah. And yet, <laughs> and yet, um, I chugged enough. I had stomach issues all through college and, and, and vomiting was something that happened fairly regularly. Uh, the one time I ever threw up in a hallway was not because I was drunk, but because I was chugging Powerade. And so I, I made it mostly to the bathroom, but did have to spend some time cleaning a lovely red substance off of the floor. What was that that night? Yes. So how much milky vomit did you see that night? Um, I believe puppet guy threw up, but happened to make it into the bath. None of us did well. <laughs> and that might also have been the same night. So tall guy has a name. And I don't know if you recall there was a shorter person in our on our floor. You yeah, he went on to be a, a ranger or something. Yes, right? yes, yeah. he was a forest ranger. Yeah. Um, we ordered from the local wings place. Tall guy in Jellystone, we'll call him. The the hottest wings oh, that yeah. are offered. He tried them and proceeded to run. Our dorm was in a oh, square. Actually, actually I, I, I think that's not true. Well, maybe maybe that was a different night. Actually, because I think he did it multiple times. Yeah. 
Okay, you go ahead. You keep so, telling your story. So the dorm was four hallways that all, you know, intersected. So it was a big square. So you could walk around and come back to your dorm. He ran around with his mouth open to try to get cool air to go into his mouth to cool down his tongue from uh, from the heat of the wings. Yeah, Jellystone, good old Jellystone. I was going to say there was a there was a time when there was this this lady who we spoke about on the show who we've both unsuccessfully wooed um, <laughs> yeah. who came back to campus coming from her hometown and she had brought with her um, these these super hot wings that she was aware of because she knew that I liked spicy food and I got them from her and I took one whiff and I said, oh, no. No, 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 no. I will not even be attempting this. Yeah. And I believe I handed those off uh, to Jellystone and the same sort of panic ensued. Oh, Jellystone. Oh, my goodness. The last I knew about her. She was like a roller skater. You know, when I had Facebook, I believe like a derby, like a derby. I I don't know about that, but like like roller dancing, I thought. Hmm, that makes sense because she had a, a lot. Of, she had a background in ice skating, and then yeah. um, that would make sense. That would make sense. Yeah. Oh my goodness, the lives we have led, and Indeed. to think we're pretty boring people, all in all, and and you know, Ruby, Ruby, Ruby. We, <laughs> we. I don't know that we have spent enough time discussing the fact that you literally spent a summer working for NASA. Like Accurate. that's a, that's a pretty impressive. Feet. Well, thank you. That and you know, obviously, well, I, I can't even say obviously. Um, you know, I don't know if you applied to be an astronaut and you were down there training. I, I'm guessing not, but you know, you you probably did some exciting things. Have you talked about what? Uh, I love the fact that we were looking for emails from the bestie chat. And Glenn said he saw this, pulled himself out of bed, went and wrote us an email, and is now going to sleep. Glenn, we love you. <laughs> You're the best. Rest Glenn. well. Have you talked about what you did down there? Are you allowed? Um, I can talk about talk it. About generally what- speaking, technically, the work that I did is classified, but um, basically, I was working in an analytical chemistry laboratory, and I was looking at the effects that different industrial cleaning solvents had on different types of polymers. So different types of elastics, basically. Um, This was of interest to NASA uh, because of potential long-term exposure. What, What potential was there for damage to space shuttle materials uh, from long-term exposure to these different cleaning solvents uh, that they were using on a routine basis. So now okay. going into any specifics, that's more or less what the project was about. It was it was a good time. Um, had a fairly sizable budget for one of my first, um, you know, independent sort of research projects. I did a lot of stuff that I had never done before or since, and uh, I enjoyed it. It was It was a good time. It was a good time. Was there an option for you to stay? I think, was it an internship? Was it a... Yeah, it was a type of internship. Yeah, yeah. Um, And it was pretty early on. It was our sophomore year or so. Um, And the program that it was through was a relatively new program at the time for them. Um, And I actually, I think I got in because I, it was, it was... (laughs) 
oddly enough, it was sort of a program that was aimed at um, maybe more so minorities, right? And but in in doing so and being aimed that way, my application was in the minority because I am not a minority. So I got placed amongst the others because of my minority applicant status in this program placed for actual minorities. At least that was my understanding of it at the time. I don't know if that's a hundred percent true, but hmm, interesting. Yeah, it was a good time. I enjoyed it. First time really living out on my own. I had to get an apartment down there, you know, dealing with a landlord and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. It was interesting. It was, uh, it was a good experience and I'm glad that I have it in my past. That's for sure. But had they had they asked you to stay and continue working, do you think you might have taken them up on it? Or would you want them to finish school? No, I would have had to have finished school for sure. They wouldn't have kept me in an in a, in a analytical chemistry laboratory without a degree. So if they had said, hey, you know, finish up, do your four years and then like finish up your undergrad and then, you know, come on back. I think there's a good chance that might have happened. Yeah, because certainly at the time I was graduating or. Well, by the time I was graduating, I probably had other plans. But leading up to graduation, I had no plans. I, I, I probably would have gotten a job. It was not until pretty late in the process that I said, oh, hey, maybe I'll go into graduate school. So yeah. that wasn't really something I, I had planned to do. If, if somebody had said, hey, we've got a job for you, there's a good chance I, I, I probably would have just gone and done that. Yeah, there's a good chance. Well, selfishly, I'm grateful that you didn't because, you know, who knows what life would have uh, life would have brought you. Maybe maybe you would be, you know, a billionaire right now and probably now uh, what are you going to do? I do blame you for everything bad that's ever happened to me. So thank you. Uh, I, I will answer the question you asked about 18 minutes ago. My Thanksgiving was fine. Delicious. Uh, it was good. Went up north. Um, got to see some nephews, which was lovely. Got to meet a nephew who's about seven weeks old. Um, he fell asleep on me, clutching it, you know, arms up like he was climbing me like I was Everest, which I found amusing. Um, so that was lovely. Um, you know, and now we're just we're counting down. It's going to be a big holiday month for us. Two weeks until episode three hundred. Then it's the holiday season. You're on vacation. We've got uh, the holidays coming up. So, you know, it's December looks like it should be. Uh, to quote to quote one GQ yet again, pretty good. Yeah, I guess so. So yeah, when are you up. done? When are you done? How much? How many more days do you got? Um, My final is on the 13th and then I've got to grade it. So, you know, sometime that week. Okay. And of course, my other class will be finishing up getting grades in right around that time also for my full-time job. So more or less, my responsibilities will be over around around that week. And then That's I'm going to take a bunch of time off because Good for you. I got the time. Let's use it. What would you like to do with that time? You're going to write another novel? What are you going to? I don't know. I might write that lab manual. I might not. Still, depending on... How things shake out, see what the professional landscape is looking like. Mm. Still don't really have any clear ideas. 
not to be too cryptic. I've been a little cryptic the last few weeks. I've applied for some other positions that I got some interviews for. Um, I still haven't heard back. So I, uh, there's a good chance I could be somewhere else. But I mean, at this point, the fact that I haven't heard back, I'm starting to think, well, I'll probably just be where I am. So, um, you know, it's just starting to suspect that's more and more the case. But have you have you followed up? What's what's your what are your views on, you know, you you apply for something. How long do you wait before you send a follow up and just say, what the hell, man? Uh, it has to be at least after when they told me to expect to hear a follow up. Oh, and so they said, basically, I might hear from them this week, but. I just feel like because of the because of the way things happened, um, I had submitted my my materials. I was invited to an interview before the closing date of the search, and that was a two day turnaround time. And then after the interview, there was a two day turnaround time to a phone call where some additional information was given to me. And then it was Thanksgiving week, and of course, mm-hmm. Thanksgiving week at a university, really nothing happens. And even at that time, the phone call, they said more likely I'd hear from them this week. Um, But I haven't heard anything yet. It's midweek at this point. It's Wednesday night. Um, I do know that they had some other applicants. Basically, what I was told was the search committee. This is, I think, between you, me and the wall and, you know, our tens of listeners. I think it's pretty unprofessional for the head of a search committee to tell you that the search committee is deadlocked between you and another candidate and they just can't make a decision. And they're probably going to pass it along to the department head or the dean to make the final decision. I didn't know they said that to you. Yeah, they did. So I don't know what to think. On the one hand, I think it could just be. Um, it could be it could just be false. Because, again, the interview that happened was on very short turnaround time. It was before the end of the search. Do they really have another applicant? Or are they just trying to negotiate me down, make me sweat it out? I have no idea. Um, But, yeah, I don't really know. So, Hmm. Well, I hope you hear. Because I would like you to get the position. Because I think you will feel more personally fulfilled. And even if you have to turn it down for whatever reason, you'll know at least... You were good enough. You were smart enough. And doggone it, people liked you. Yeah. But. The one thing I will say is, at the very least, what this process has showed me, because I don't think this was the case classically, you know, going back five years, uh, it has shown me that I am competitive yeah. for these types of positions. Uh, and I was not previously. So that's a positive, at the very least. Um, I would really like this just to work the hell out, though, because it would be a perfect situation otherwise um but we'll see how that works we'll see how that works out did you say your finals on the 13th i believe that's the case that a monday yep that's an annoying time to have a final yeah it's even more annoying when it's at 8 (laughs) a.m yes yes it is uh what will you be doing this coming sunday at 8 p.m Probably prepping for my last lecture that you'll beam on Monday morning. You're not going to be watching NXT TakeOver War Games? Definitely not. You'll forgive me, and, and I hope you indulge me. 
Um, I would just like to name the card for you, and I'm just gonna just gonna keep track how many names you know versus how many names you don't. All right, I, I you know I think just based on, just reading the situation here, reading the room, I think it might be more productive if I just pointed out the names that I know. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, it is war games. There are two war games matches uh, because you know. Let's That's always the one ruin. with the two cages together or whatever? Yes. Let's always ruin a good thing by doing two of them in the same show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, the women's match, we have Raquel Gonzalez. That name sounds familiar. Uh, Io Shirai. I know who that is. She's a sky princess. Cora Jade. Nah. And Kaylee Ray. I feel like I know that name. Uh, she is taking on Dakota Kai. Oh, yeah. I know who that is. And the stable of Toxic Attraction, who is Mandy Rose. Okay. Uh, Gigi Dolan. I, no, 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 don't I do. And JC Jane. No, okay. Mandy Rose, uh, Dakota Kai. Io Shirai. Io Shirai, for sure. Those I know were those the de- three. Those were the definites. Yeah, those are the definites. All right, so that's one War Games match. We have a hair versus hair match. Cameron Grimes versus Duke Hudson. Yeah, okay. I don't really know who either of those people are. All right. Uh, We have Imperium, who is Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel. Sure. (laughs) I've heard the name Imperium. I know those are the guys that were with Walter. Yeah. But I, I, I could not have told you their names or pick them out of a lineup. Yeah. So I will say you you have watched at least one of them wrestle in the Cruiserweight Classic, but it's I don't blame you at all for not remembering. Is this the Eichner guy? That is the Eichner guy. Very good. Uh, okay. Uh, right. Okay. Taking on Kyle O'Reilly. Okay. And Von Wagner. Kyle O'Reilly is the one that's not Bobby Fish or Roderick Strong. Correct. Okay. I know who that is. <laughs> By process of who he isn't. Speaking of, Roderick Strong. Okay, okay. We'll be taking on Joe Gacy. I've heard that name because you've said it to me before. And I still think it's a bad idea to name somebody that. Um, Yeah, yeah, okay. So, yeah, no half of that. Is that also a hair match? uh, No, that's just a match for the Cruiserweight title, despite the fact that Joe Gacy is not a Cruiserweight. How large is this man? He's not super large, but he's the one that always says the ring is a safe space and he's woke. So he says ah. that it's he says that it's limiting to have a belt that's, you know, limiting to size and it's not really fair. So he should get a shot, even though he doesn't meet the qualifications. Uh, and of course, he will have Harland in his corner. And then we have uh, the final War Games match, which is old school versus new school. So Team Black and Gold, which is Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, Pete Dunne, and L.A. Knight. You, you should at least know three quarters of that group. I know L.A. Knight. And they are taking on uh, Team 2.0, which is Braun Breaker, Carmelo Hayes, Grayson Waller, and Tony D'Angelo. 
I feel like I've heard the name Tony D'Angelo. He's the mobster guy, the mafia guy who, you know, tries to pay off the referee before each match and things like that. I see. Okay. Okay. So we'll go with, you know, we'll say maybe, maybe about a third. Yeah, that's about fair, I guess. You know, and I know you have said, and I I don't blame you. I'm not going to try to argue the case, at least not during this show, uh, that you believe you are done with the WWE and their products. Uh, Uh, For now. Until the Rumble. Yeah. Yeah, But. You know, I I have not been watching regularly. I listen to Piece of Business, Jeremy and Glenn talk about uh, the weekly NXT shows, and that's kind of how I keep up. But this this card, I am surprisingly uh, looking forward to. So I think, you know, the War Games matches, I wish there was only one, but they should be good. Um, I'm interested in this Joe Gacy, Roderick Strong match, so... I I hopefully will uh will be will be sitting down and checking that out this this Sunday. So I'll report back if something amazing happens. I look forward to hearing all about it. Any AEW watching over no. the past week? No, no, none of that. No. I'll wait till the next pay-per-view. That's fair. Yeah. That's totally fair. That's uh, enough wrestling in my life, I think. Have have you had free time to do anything or is it really just the you know um i've been work. watching a couple movies oh. here and there oh some bake off you know what is this the elephant in the room the german elephant with the forearms in the room do you want to talk about your boy jürgen and uh how he got robbed of the, his, got robbed. his his bake off plate you want to expand on that or are you happy just saying that i mean we definitely got robbed do you agree? Um, y- yes. And there, there was quite the bit of banter in the bestie chat about it. Uh, you know, for those who don't know, uh, the British Bake Off season ended this past week. Um, and, you know, the, there were two, the twin towers of this season were Giuseppe, the Italian, and Jürgen, the strong German trombone player. Uh, and they were both very, very good. I believe, cl- I thought, clearly the two best of the bunch. Yeah. Um, and we made it to the semifinal. There are four bakers left. The top three advanced to the final. And uh, it turned out that um, Mr. Jurgen did not make it to the final. And I believe... That, you know, this, as as Jeremy and Glenn are want to say, everything is pro wrestling. Um, I believe the producers of that show had an idea of who they wanted to make it to the final. And Jurgen didn't fit that bill. And so he got eliminated when perhaps he shouldn't have uh, in that semifinal. All I know is that in the semifinal, Jurgen served perfectly good dishes in all three rounds. The second round is the technical. He won the technical. And the person who stayed, who I don't believe should have stayed, uh, Chiggs, he served a puddle for his technical challenge. It was, yeah. it was 
It was by and far so far beat in the dust by all three other people. It was such a weak showing that I don't understand how anything else from that week could have been used to not only prop up that that poor showing in the technical round, but to also propel him beyond the person who won the technical mm-hmm. challenge. Um, yeah. I just think that is complete and utter bullshit. I feel like I need to go back and watch that episode. So by the time the semifinal hit, I was start. I had seen Jurgen's name trending, and because I'm an idiot, I clicked on it, and so I had knew he was eliminated before we in the Americas got the episode on Netflix. So I wasn't paying as much attention to it because I knew Jurgen got eliminated. You tend across all medium, movies, wrestling, and now apparently baking shows. You pay so much more attention to what is actually happening in the shows because you said something and you were talking about it and like the level of detail you knew, you know, this person did well here and they didn't do as well here. And I was like, I know who won. And I could tell you probably some of the funny things that Noel and Matt said, but I, it's just, I, I must kind of tune out when I am watching stuff because I don't, we don't consume media in the same way. You are so much more thoughtful about it and I'm just much more, I don't know if primal is the right word, but like, that was good. I try to pay attention to the things that I consume. Um, I, I, and I don't know this because I haven't, I have not watched you consume media frequently and certainly not frequently in the course of the last decade. Um, But I certainly, I won't say I'm perfect about this, but I often make an effort to put my fucking phone down and to just watch the screen in front of me that is showing me the thing. And I find that that has helped my retention quite a bit. Yeah. I will often have a Chromebook out in front of me and will be, checking Twitter or checking email or yeah. doing any number of other things. And I suppose that does sort of. It definitely cuts into the, how much attention you're capable of paying to, to, to what you, to what you're watching. It, it, it does. It absolutely does. Yeah. So I will have to go back and be more thoughtful about it to actually um, check it out because I do agree. I, from the very beginning, because I have suspected for a few seasons now that, They're looking for stories, as all television is. As soon as they talked about the fact that Chiggs, who seemed like a very nice guy, um, learned how to bake in quarantine and hadn't been a baker before that, I was like, okay, they're going to, to use a wrestling term, they're going to push this guy to the moon. Like, they're going to want this guy to do well. Either he's eliminated in the first week or they're going to want him to do well. And so as we kept going, I'm like, yep, he's going to get a lot more credit than other people because he's only been baking for 18 months as opposed to Jurgen or Giuseppe, who has been baking probably their entire lives. Um, you know, and I had the same feeling with Christelle, like she was personable and she's, you know, attractive. And so I was like, they're going to want her to do well. And it was really, I was like, all right, is it going to be Jurgen or Giuseppe that kind of joins that group? And I was always a fan of Giuseppe, so I was grateful that it was him. But I I would agree. I think Jurgen probably deserved better than he got. Yeah, I just think that 
based off of the contestants' actual performances, there was no justification for dismissing Jurgen in that episode. Yes. The one the one thing that people might be able to point to is in the first bake, the first round, uh, which is called a signature challenge. Mm. All three contestants that were not Jurgen got what is called a Hollywood handshake, which is this um, handshake from one of the hosts that signifies you have done something perfectly or something that he's really very pleased with. Right. And there's these revered sort of gestures that you don't see pulled out very often. And everybody got one except for Jurgen. Yeah. But even still, because uh, his, his performance in the signature round was still excellent. Prue, yeah. the other judge told Jurgen, if I did handshakes, you would have gotten one. So she felt that strongly about his showing in that first round. And again, then he won the technical challenge. And then his, his, his final, his showcase, uh, or show stopper. Yeah, I'm sorry. Show stopper was excellent. He, he, he took gingerbread and, and he engineered this really cool, um, um, Japanese, uh, and archway, um, for his thing. And, and Chiggs, who, who again, won the spot, he, instead of like, all he did was he took two pieces of biscuit, cut them before he baked them in the shape of a tree and a notch out of one of them, slipped them one on top of the other. So it stood. And then he iced it like with honestly, with the skill of a six year old, he iced that tree. So you've got that tree, which looks like nothing. And then you've got, Jurgen with this highly complex engineered gingerbread structure that he's painted with edible dyes. It's like this lovely, beautiful, vivid red color matching sure. the inspirations. And it's just like, how, how, how did you come to this conclusion? How do you think that how, how much input do you think the judges actually have once you get this late? Like, I think, you know, I think Paul and Prue and maybe some other people, uh, you know, make some decisions in the early rounds. But once they get closer to the final, how much input do you think producers are getting in the, well, no, this is the better story. We want this story to carry through. I don't know. But I feel like Paul Hollywood gets quite a bit of say just based off of the sorts of people that tend to make it all the way to the final. He has a type. Yeah. I always think there's going to be one. Well, and again, part of it is for Paul Hollywood's sake, but I also think part of it is you want to bring eyes. So that's kind of where I came from. You have Chiggs, attractive male, quarantine baker, interesting story. You have Christelle, attractive female, maybe not a fantastic story, but she's personable. She's kind of flirty with the hosts. Like she's makes for good television. There's awkward moments where she says something. Are we going to glaze your buns? Yes. Yes. And then you have Giuseppe. You're better than that, Matt. You're better than that. Yeah. And then you have Giuseppe, <laughs> Italian, actually good. Um, obviously, as soon as we watch the final, as soon as they do the little vignette where they're like, get to know the baker, here's his family. As soon as you showed me the old man struggling to say, because he's so old and weak that he's proud of his son. I'm like, that's who wins. Again, that's the story that carries through because now at the end. I know, do feel they, like they, they, they went out of their way to manufacture drama 
in, in the finale of sure. the season in a way that yeah. I, I, I don't know that I've noticed in past seasons of this show. Because um, even Giuseppe, who ultimately won it, he, for his, for the final, for his technical challenge, they were doing these Belgian buns. And yeah. he just left his in the oven. He was like, I don't think they're cooked. And he just keeps baking them and baking them and baking And like, yeah. Me, who likes nothing about baking it, I'm looking at them like Giuseppe. They're 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 clearly burning. You if they're that brown, they're burning. Like they're gonna be dry and disgusting. And he just keeps leaving them in there and he keeps saying, like, I don't think and the thing is, like now at this point, you've watched 10 episodes of this guy who is a baking 20 something time machine. And it's like I don't believe for a second that you don't know that those aren't done. Like He's never made a mistake like that before in any yeah. of the other bakes. That's a good point. I and, didn't think of that, but you're absolutely right. And it's such an easy mistake that I was like, I, I don't believe at all that Giuseppe would make this no. mistake. No, no. This was a, you can't run away with it. We need to make sure at least some people think it's close. Yeah, I, and I totally think that's what that was. And I, I get, and so maybe even if it wasn't the case in prior seasons, maybe, yeah. you know, this we've been around for 10, 12 seasons, whatever it is. Uh, producers are saying, well, our rate, ratings are starting to go down. Maybe we need to take a little more creative control over where this series is going. So, yeah, maybe there's something to the whole Chig story and all that. So, I well, don't I don't recall, you know, I'm the last season, which was won by peter again his story was the best story i was a kid who fell in love with baking by watching the early seasons of the bake-off and now i'm here i've made it in i'm in the tent and you know i don't remember the other two being great competition necessarily but he was a good story and then whether it was the season before that you know there was the young girl steph who like completely falls apart and kind of chokes under the pressure of making it to the final. And they went out of their way to really focus on that and how, you know, she had done really well up until that point and had a terrible weekend. And so I don't know. I think, I think they're always looking for the story. They're always looking for drama this time though. It seemed, and maybe it was because it was in the pandemic and the bubble and they couldn't do some of the things they would normally do. It seemed manufactured. In this a way, gratuitous that it did not seem in the past. So did this because your wife was very upset. Yeah, or at least it seemed like it. Has this ruined the Bake Off for you? Will you not watch if they do a season eleven? Oh, I, I, I sincerely doubt that. I think we'll always feel as though Jurgen was robbed, um, but we still enjoy the personalities and and the flow of the show. Sure. I, I think, I think we're still in for. I'm additional I made the case. I made the case in the bestie chat. They need to do. Uh, a redemption season guys people like Jurgen. um i am watching once again because we put it on when we when we go to sleep uh i am watching the raul season and in that season there is the guy dan who does amazing in the first few episodes and then gets eliminated i can't remember how he gets eliminated but i feel like dan needs another shot there's all these like really good bakers that got you know, had a bad week or whatever. And I'm like, they could do an entire season of just 10 bakers who didn't make the final, but people think should have all vying for that chance. 
And I think that would be an entertaining twist because then you would get drama mm-hmm. kind of man. You, you know, you could manufacture your own drama just in terms of. I will the say there was there was one other thing I noticed this season. I don't remember what episode it was, but in past seasons, they've gone out of their way to be like, you know, if somebody has a bad week, they just that's it. They have a bad week. And that means that they're going to get eliminated. There was one um, show this season where they were, you know, discussing the showstoppers. And one of the judges, I don't remember if it was Paul or Prue, but they literally said, you know, I think we have to consider all the past performances of these people. Um, And that, to me, was just also, again, this weird flag for me because that is completely against the the judging process of the show as it has been explained over the course of all the other seasons of the show. He said that, and I was just like, wait, what? That is yeah. not how I this is up, done. I picked up on that as well. It's always been you can be the best baker in the world. And if you come across, you know. I don't remember like what week it was like, or what baker it was about, but I just remember hearing it and being nope, like, I remember bullshit. I almost want to say it was Giuseppe. Like, again, it was the, you know, Giuseppe didn't have a great week or, you know, mm. but yeah. Um. I it's still one of my favorites. I enjoy it. I wish they made a bunch more of it. But uh but yeah, it this one was very much, you know, you could see the 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 you could see the wizard behind mm. the uh behind the curtain in this one a little bit. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Um all right, we have discussed this that and the other which was really all just stalling so we could get some emails. And we have them indeed. Podcast at ddtwrestling.com. Um, the first one, we don't hear from her as often, but we love it every time we do. It is Danielle, titled December 1st. Hey, I keep forgetting to email with the busy schedule of substitute teaching. Today, I got to sub for middle school orchestra, and as someone who began university, In music education, I felt right in my wheelhouse, helping the sixth graders with Christmas music. I'll have to bookmark a reminder to send another email before episode 300. Will you guys allow audio messages again, like you did for episode 200? I hope all is well as we wrap up the end of the semester and the year. What's your favorite part about December? Cheers, Danielle. How much planning do you think we should do for this major milestone episode in a couple of weeks? I don't know. What kind of planning do you think we should do? The uh, the only thing that I have thought of, um, I thought of two things. Number one, I wish I had had the wherewithal to go back in time and try to listen to 299 other episodes. Cause I'm like, I would love to go back and listen to some of the weird hot takes we made back in like 2015, 2016. Um, But uh, the other thing was, I was like, if we're going to do the proclaimers, like, should we decide who's singing which parts or are we just both singing the whole thing? Like, but that's it. Other than that, I'm like, (laughs) I'm happy doing audio messages, you know. Yeah, audio messages we can do. I don't know. Um, I know there'd been some talk about doing um, whatever that solution is that Glenn has is hosting yard or whatever it's called. And then bringing people in that way, if they were available to talk to us live, but that's, 
that will certainly be more difficult to coordinate. So I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm open to it. The question just, yeah. You know, and I think the issue is two weeks from today, you're maybe just starting your vacation or you're in the middle of grading exams and I'm still teaching. You know, if we if we partied at episode 302, which would be right smack dab in the middle of the holiday break, we might have more time where we could have people on, you know, or podcast at a more appropriate time for people to be awake. But. We'll have to figure that out. We'll yeah. have to figure that out. Yeah. Um, if you want to send an audio message, Danielle will absolutely play it and listen to it and enjoy it. What's your favorite part about December? Hmm. Honestly, at this point, it's probably the end of the academic semester. You know, sort of winding down and giving you that downtime as you prep for what comes next. Um, I probably look mm -hmm. forward to that more than even the holidays themselves. So I am sure I will say this when you are done. But I would like to give you the praise that you so richly deserve. And I mean this sincerely. When you told me what you were going to do this year, I went, well, this, it, 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 to be honest, uh -huh. to be 100% honest, it sounded exactly like it sounded when I first found out that you and your now wife were dating. I went, well, this is either going to be amazing and perfect <laughs> or <laughs> it's going to be uh, tricky, let's uh, say. I mean, I still think it was tricky. Well, it was tricky. The word I believe I thought at the time was a disaster. <laughs> and so How I was like, How many things do know, I touch that end in disaster? Not that many. I honestly thought not the work part wasn't going to be a disaster. I figured by like mid October, you'd be like, I have to tap out of the podcast at least until January. Like, I can't, like, I just don't have the time. You're doing this. You're doing essentially two jobs in one. You're doing this Herculean effort. And so not only did you do that and from all reports do that well, but you also have been week after week here, excited, into it, ignoring, you know, last week when Brandon Max said we sounded depressed. Did we? He said that? I, I am guessing that, you know, the whole conversation about we don't have anyone listening to the show. Podcasting ah, kind of sucks right that's now. That's just reality. I mean, well, and, and as and as Glenn put it, he's like, "You do that every hundred episodes. We do every hundred episodes. You reflect and basically say, why aren't we more famous? Every we want to be more really. famous and do no work.' Yes. How do we do that? So, but yes. So Glenn kudos to Glenn gets kudos us. to you uh, oh, for getting you. through getting through this semester because you deserve to get when the semester is done i fully expect you to sleep for like 72 straight hours yeah yeah i, I expect to do that also so uh, my favorite part of december mm, yes tell would me have to i think it is the it is the it is the vacation um christmas eve 
has always been one of my favorite holiday events. There's not a lot of pressure. Um, it's my family, my wife's family. We do a joint thing like we do a joint Thanksgiving. Sounds nice. It's very, it's very relaxed. There's good food. There's just sort of chilling out. Um, that's always nice. And then I enjoy when the holiday is over and there's about a week that my wife and I can just sort of hang out. Maybe we travel, maybe we don't. Depends on how this Omicron thing is working out. We could have talked about that for 20, 30 minutes. Uh, how worried should I be? You're vaxxed, yeah. Vaxxed and boosted. Yeah, you'll, just be, you'll be fine. Okay, good. Thank you. All right. That's my guess. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, thank you, Danielle. Our next email comes from Brent, titled Christmas Gift. Hello, friends. This is a hurried E. Mail as I often forget what day it is. Since it is indeed Wednesday, I ask you gentlemen this. What was the best Christmas present you ever got as a child? Thanks again, and looking forward to some singing on episode 300. Uh, my grandmother got me one year. I was probably six or seven. Um, a money tree. So it was one of those small tabletop Christmas trees that just had ones and fives like accordion folded and stuck in the tree like ornaments. Hmm. And it was about like $75, which was for a six or seven year old. A you fortune. know, I am, I am Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> um, yeah. I remember that being like, this is amazing. And I always was like, maybe I'll get another one. And then, of course, never did. Never but did. But still, yeah. that, was a good, that was a fun present. What about you? Oh, uh, yeah. I, th I think I've mentioned this one on the show at some point over these low 300 episodes. Um, but uh, when I was a kid, there was one Christmas I woke up to the majesty that was the real Ghostbusters firehouse. Yes. And uh, that will always hold a special place in my heart. I remember... Christmas morning. I remember uh, my father having to take uh, some time to set it up out of the box. And then I remember playing with that mofo for years thereafter. Sure. So, yeah, definitely, definitely the firehouse. Weekly check in. Have you seen Afterlife yet? Not yet. Do you plan on going during your vacation? I mean, if it's still in the theater, yeah. I don't know if it will be, though. Um, I kind of think maybe I got to take a random day off and just go. Um, but we'll see. All right. Uh, I mentioned to Mrs. From... Manson that I think I want to yes. go see this. And she was like, Good. okay. So I love. All right. Yeah. So I, I, I guess it's going to, I think maybe I'm sure at some happen. point, I'm sure at some point in the bestie chat, it'll be like a, you know, random like Tuesday at like one in the afternoon and I'll get a picture of fuck and she'll be like went to the movies and went and get fuck like, good for you that's what you gotta do <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the next email comes from Glenn who again is the bestest because he got out of bed it is the middle of the night over there in the UK he got out of bed to uh, make sure to send us this email and it is titled sorry hi guys totally forgot it was Wednesday had just gone to bed when saw DC's message for the emails. 
So just rattled this off quickly, just to say I sent one. 500 miles is getting closer. Thanks, Glenn. Gotta get a tambourine. Our final email, uh, reg- newly regular emailer, uh, one Mrs. Manson. Oh, uh, oh yeah, I got and it. it. Says, "Happy holidays, uh, dear Doc and DC. Seasons greetings. With the winter holiday season upon us, I was wondering if you had the power. Which holiday of your own design would you add to the calendar, and which holiday would you subtract? Why?" Making spirits bright, Mrs. M. So we could take away an existing holiday and put in its place one of our own creation. I don't think necessarily you're putting it in its place on the same day. I don't think like, okay. like if you, if you, if you erase Christmas, swap. I don't think it has to be December 25th. It could be if okay. you wanted it to be, but I mean. That's fair. Hmm. Does it, do you think it has I'm to be a big holiday, or can we just eliminate, like, I don't know, National Corn Beef Day or something? That would be St. Patrick's Day? No, I'm sure it's a different day. Um, I am sure, well, in terms of the letter of the question, you could take away any holiday. I think you have to. I'm thinking of a major one. Okay. All right. So right away, I'm like, the one that springs to mind is Valentine's Day because it's so commercial, mm. capitalist. And eh, I mean, yes, you know, yeah, it is. You're right. But like Christmas is even worse than Valentine's Day if that's your beef with Valentine's Day. I suppose there is at least a religious aspect. And while I don't subscribe to any religions, you know, at least there's some other. Yeah, but doesn't that make Valentine's Day better? The fact that it is not just a a, a secular holiday. That might be fair. That might be. I'm just playing devil's advocate here, but. (laughs) Go with your Labor Day has also. Always confused me. Oh, let's celebrate a day, a day of working by not working. Yeah, a day to celebrate those who work. Okay, I call that Saturday. <laughs> I was gonna say, I, I maybe I'm just not up on my his, the history of it, and you know, maybe it was like a day of rest at the end of like a summer. You know, maybe by September, the, you know, most of the planting is done and you're waiting for harvest. So it was a day to sort of just relax. But in my head, I'm like, don't really get it. Yeah. But. All right. So you're going with Labor Day. Do you have an idea of a holiday you would design? Design? Not yet. But if I was to get rid of one, I'd probably get rid of Easter. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. As, as far as I'm concerned, at least historically in my life, there are two holidays uh, where ham is served as part of the dinner, and that would be sure. Christmas and Easter. And I don't yeah. like eating ham, so I would want to get rid of one of the two of those. And don't get me wrong, Easter does fall 
pretty high on my list because it's a holiday where I get a basket full of candy, which is pretty great. So don't get me wrong. I'm making a sacrifice here. But if I have to choose between presents and a basket of candy, I'm going to choose the presents because at least there's an opportunity to be thoughtful there, to give as well as to receive, etc. The candy just seems superfluous. And I will say of the two holidays, you know, um, where children are forced to sit on the laps of adults in costumes, uh, I've always felt like the Easter Bunny uh, photo tradition was creepier than the Santa Claus one. Not sure why. They're really quite equivalent. For some reason, I find the Easter Bunny one creepier. Um, So therefore, I'm getting rid of that and the ham dinner that I have to eat on Easter. Have you ever had to dress up as Santa Claus for like a holiday event? Not all the way, but I've definitely worn a Santa hat. Have you ever had to dress up as the Easter Bunny? No. You? Yeah. There was an event. I can't remember what it was. It was at the town I grew up in's firehouse. And it was some, must have been like an Easter breakfast or something. And I got shanghaied, which is probably not an appropriate thing to say. But I got... (laughs) I got roped. Is that better? Uh, Sure. Into... I'm wearing an Easter bunny costume. Let's just say involuntarily. You found yourself wearing. I was tricked. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I was outside the firehouse, like waving uh, as people came by, which is funny because the firehouse wasn't on a main road. So I don't know who I was waving to. And then, uh, you know, went in and like took pictures with kids and all of that. Like it is a little creepy. And of course, you know, anytime you have to wear like a mascot uniform, you're like dying a thousand deaths in there because it's like 150 degrees. And I realize that this is really, again, splitting hairs. <laughs> Easter bunny. Oh. Uh, but like Christmas to me is much more a broadly celebrated uh, thing in the culture now where, yes, there is a religious basis, but a lot sure. of the people celebrating it aren't necessarily religious. On the flip side, I feel like the people who are really celebrating Easter tend to be the more religious folk and they just mm-hmm. creep me out. So uh, Easter has always been. It's funny because most of my family's birthdays fall within the time of Easter. And so there was a while there where it was a time for, you know, family to get together, but it was really just an excuse to eat a big dinner, whether it was ham or something else. I I guess I would miss dying Easter eggs, but only a little because it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. And again, you could come up with a holiday that was you know, you could just take the religious component out of it and like go back to the pagan celebration of, you know, springtime. Like you could celebrate like the spring solstice or the no, what was it? Vernal equinox. Oh, yeah. I'm going to do the and, midsummer festival from that movie. Midsummer. There you go. Uh huh. I'm realizing no what I'm talking about. No, no <laughs> you're gonna wear uh, the bear costume. I did wear a bear costume for uh, we did a freshman year theater class at high school. We did a Alice in Wonderland set of scenes, mm. and I was the Cheshire cat, but we didn't have a Cheshire cat costume, so I wore like a teddy bear costume. So you were the Cheshire teddy bear, yeah, awesome. I'm realizing our mistake. We spent years 
doing a haunted hayride, going back to our reminiscing about college, how amazing would it have been to just have like three people in Easter bunny costumes as one of that would have been the most terrifying part of that three people in Easter bunny costumes in the middle of October, just running out of the woods and jump like hopping onto the side of the hay cart. We would have made people wet themselves. Probably. That would have been terrifying. (laughs) Um, Yeah. If I had to add a holiday, um, as we get older and you know, I there's a part of me that wishes again going back to the reminiscing I I would love a holiday that was just for friends. I know people do like a friends giving or things, but like a holiday that where the whole point is to not get, get together, together with, with family. Old, <laughs> get to, yes, and to get together with old friends. Mm. Because again, maybe it's not tall guy, although I do love tall guy. Absolutely. And it's his birthday come isn't his is his birthday? Oh no, we missed his birthday. I should send him a text. I did text his him. His birthday was a couple of days ago. You did? I did. And then he You're texted me back and am. he said, based off of the text messages, it looks like we haven't spoken in five months. We should get together. And I didn't reply. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that would be good. Like a summer friends sort of thing. You know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm doesn't need to be like a full college reunion because we don't necessarily like all of those people. And by we, I mean you. But I like all the people I liked back in college. Well, that's it. I I think if we each planned it, we would have different guests. Oh, yes. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, well, thank you to Danielle and Brent and Glenn and Mrs. Manson for excellent emails and conversation topics. My holiday I would turn- be Shocktober. Oh, there you go. Nobody said it had to be one day. True. I turn to you, Doc Manson, once again, Uh-oh. as I always do at the end of these shows, taking you by surprise each and every time. Every time. Uh, to inquire as to your weekly piece of positivity. What do you got for me? What's been good? What's going on that you're excited about? That's getting you through the week. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, right now I, I, this is going to be a cop out to some degree. Um, but the end is in sight. Um, I have two more lectures to prep, uh, one for Friday, one for Monday, and then that's it for lectures. Um, for the class that I've been teaching. I have to make a final for the Monday thereafter. Um, but yeah, the end's in sight. And I, I, we joked about this. I don't remember if it was on the air before we started recording. But, you know, like somewhere in the back of my brain, I've subconsciously realized that, oh, the end is here. I don't just have to go from thing to thing to thing to thing to thing to thing to thing. And my body said, great. Time to start shutting down. I have just yeah. been so exhausted since basically this weekend. And um, I even I came home early today. I left work early. I was just like, I'm going to go home. I'm going to take a nap. Um, I didn't nap, but I, I did lay down for a little bit. <sighs> and I just I've got all sorts of stuff going on still. But the end is in sight. So that is lovely. Can't get here soon enough. So I can be sick for my entire vacation and 
recuperate fully just in time to go back to work full time. Yeah, that is what happens to us inevitably. And granted, actually wearing the masks has helped. But for years, we would push and push and push and push and you'd make it to Christmas break. And I would be sick for Christmas for like five years in a row because just your body feels like it can shut down. And then it would happen again in April. And yeah. Yeah. I saw the other thing is this is not a piece of positivity per se, but this is a plea, a plea to you, a plea to the rest of the besties. I need your energy. Put your energy out into the world for me, please. Think good thoughts. Make this job thing work out for me. And just use whatever sort of cosmic karma you have for old Doc Manson. And let's steer the universe the way that I want it to go. <laughs> I'm all for it. I'm totally all for it. Help me, besties. Help me. Uh, how about you, DC? What is your piece of positivity for this week? Well, as it feels like it happens from time to time, I won't say often, because a lot of times you pick a horror movie or something. Um, you pick something very broad. And big. The end is in sight. Your your great journey is, you know, you can see Mount Doom. You're about to toss the ring in. The Eagles will come pick you up shortly. Um, I am going to pick something uh, fairly small, but it gives me another excuse to sing the praises of one Doc Manson. Because oh. this weekend, huh. I am watching uh, Wrestling on Peacock. <laughs> And I'm just, I like, I put on a Monday Night Raw and I look and I go, son of a bitch. There's like seven commercial breaks on this Peacock thing. What the hell? And I am reminded, of course, of the small handful of times that I have mentioned on the show that I would love to have the Peacock ad-free option. Uh And... And I'm like, he never does it. He And then I, it occurs to me, I like say it in my head. I'm like, you know what? I only ask him on the show. And what do and I say every stop, time? Yeah. And then we stop recording and he goes off to do his incredibly busy schedule. And he's not going to remember that one thing because he's like me. We, sp- we say goodbye. We say, you know, bye now. We stop recording. And I instantly forget everything we talked about for the last 90 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. And so I, and so, uh, after checking in about the holiday, I say, what is the amount of podcast praise needed to bump Peacock up to ad free? Um, and within 15, 20 minutes, I get a screenshot. He has done it. He has made it to uh, ad free. So I have watched now three or four shows plus King of the Ring 2001 without any commercials. And it feels like I'm like, you know, I know it's the same amount of money that the WWE Network was. And so, you know, but I'm again, I'm just like, we are such a successful podcast. I'm able to watch wrestling. Uh, Somebody definitely know, dropped end. off our Patreon. I, I got to check to see who it is. And <laughs> it's the probably Brandon picks. Or was it Brandon Mack? Who was the one who was... Who, <laughs> I'm just making accusations Mack, here. But somebody really wanted Brandon the list. Mack and was the one. I completely... <laughs> Falling through on that promise. So I don't blame you if that's who you are. Um, but yeah. And so, uh, but yeah, I, I just, that felt good. So I'm grateful to that because, you know, as I get into my break, in addition to 
doing the many podcasts I do on the joy of booking. I think I have like seven different tournaments slash projects going. I finished none of them. I don't know that I ever will. They'll just all peter off into nothingness. Oh, but um, speaking ranked. Speaking of petering out into nothingness, I'm considering yes. just. It's finally reaching the time where our old hosting plan is expiring. And I haven't okay. actually migrated the websites to the new hosting. I'm kind of thinking okay, about those just websites not. just disappearing. I'll take one of the domain names, point it to our Pinecast uh, website that just has the episodes on it. And sure. maybe call it a day. Don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of content on that site, technically, from a posterity standpoint. And I'll make a backup of it. But I don't know that it needs to be on the Internet. Yeah. I, you know, as much fun as it might be to go read some of our old columns or whatever else was on there. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that maybe that is something we do for episode three hundred. We have a little faux Viking funeral for our website. We, we burn it down, <laughs> just like Seth Rollins. Burn it down. I was gonna do it, but I was like, ah, it's gonna just <laughs> make the thing spike. And all right, there, friends. Two hundred ninety-eight episodes in the can. Only one more to go before then. We sit down and record episode three hundred, which will be three hundred minutes. Uh, not long. That's a long time to do to do a podcast. Yep. Unless GQ's there. GQ said he'd be part of it. That's we five might be able hours. Three hundred minutes. minutes. Like, yeah, we'd have to do a DDT awards style show if we were gonna get to five hours. Don't tempt me with a good time yeah yeah i know i know how you feel about the ddt awards hey hey Uh we'd have to do i think if we did it we'd have to do have we done all-time ddt awards i don't know i don't think so just imagine the just imagine the conversation if we tried to decide the triple h ponytail memorial award for best hair of all time i mean wouldn't it be triple h's ponytail i don't know have you seen Haku's Afro from 2001? It is glorious. All right. Fair, fair point. Fair point. So I something to consider. Yeah. Something to consider. Something to consider. Uh, Doc Manson, my dear friend, mm. anything else you'd like to say before we head out into that good night? Well, if you'd like to have your thoughts read on the air, you can do so by sending an email to podcast at ddtwrestling.com. You can listen to our back catalog of episodes by going to ddtwrestling.com, ddtpod.com, or to your podcast repository of choice. And finally, if you like what you've heard, and how could you? Head on over to patreon.com forward slash ddtwrestling to give just a little bit of financial support to DC and Doc. It helps us keep the lights on and DC from having to watch those pesky peacock commercials. It's true. And also remember, please send all of the positivity you can. We want Doc Manson to be a happy boy. And if he's got this cushy, cushy mm. job he's going for. A cushy, cushy job that's going to involve a pay cut. I can't wait. I was going to say, not <laughs> only will he be rolling in less dough, uh-huh. 
He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. My name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Thank you for joining us for 298 glorious episodes. Until we meet again, my friends, won't you be a bestie? Cha-cha. <laughs>